Welcome to the Bounty Zero X podcast. I'm your host, Angelo Adam, founder and CEO of Bounty Zero X. Bounty Zero X is a decentralized bounty hunting network powered by the BNTY token. Today is August 27th, 2018, and my guest on the show is Johnny Peters. Johnny founded GazeCoin in 2017, a coin whose goal is to monetize VR and AR by measuring eye tracking with advertisers rewarding actual engagement. GazeCoin exists to bridge the gap between the promise of VR, AR, and the ability for brands and content owners to capitalize on it. So, Johnny, welcome to the show. Yeah, no, thanks. Great to have me aboard. And uh, yeah, looking forward to, to giving you some insights. So tell me a little bit, how you got into crypto originally? When did you first hear about it? And what were your thoughts at the time? Yeah, sure. Well, it goes back a few years. I was actually, uh, the story begins, uh, my crypto story begins back in 2012, actually, when I was actually, I set out on this journey to build kind of the world's, you know, most, most, uh, epic virtual reality, mixed reality world. This is a little bit before VR had actually happened. It was just kind of on the cusp of happening. And, um, I called that world the dream channel. That was the name of it. And um, I kind of—I I was actually doing a master's in uh, in uh, film and television at the time, so um, it was kind of my my main mission to, was basically to come up with a, a whole way that this dream channel ecosystem could work. So I started looking at, um, at game currencies actually, and uh, I figured that like if if these VR worlds of the future were going to function properly, they needed to have a currency that could actually be ubiquitous across all of them. Like you needed to be able to earn in one world and then move to another world. And actually use those earnings there. Like it, it, it seemed kind of ridiculous that you, you, you would you would run into brick walls every time you wanted to transfer, jump between worlds. So, so I started looking at, at, at solutions there. And then, so early 2013, I came across Bitcoin and and the blockchain, and I went and I was immediately just, this is it. This is the solution. I could just see how the blockchain worked, and and just that it, it was exactly what I what I was looking for, and it had all the answers. So. So that was the beginning of the journey. And uh, so Dream Channel suddenly had a thing called Dream Coin. And uh, that was the beginning of the, of the journey towards, towards Gaze Coin. So, yeah, that's how it sort of started. And, and, and it was a long time. <laughs> it's been a long time coming, but VR is, has been a long time coming too. So I think we're now – a lot of things have happened between then and now. But, um, yeah, that was how it started. Yeah, so for listeners who aren't familiar with Gaze Coin, Gazecoin is inextricably linked to the VR and AR ecosystem and the and the world of, of VR and AR. So, just a quick overview: VR, AR headsets like uh, Google and a lot of other companies like Oculus and are investing in VR, AR as this uh, new technology, which will provide another dimension for engaging with content. Correct. And so. We've seen a couple of headsets be released and there's been talk of VR for decades at least. And so, so one of the limitations on it has been technology and processing speed and graphics and, and a number of things. But it seems like we're kind of entering into or have been at least for the past five or six years, this new era where kind of the technology has caught up to the point where the user experience in these uh, digital VR worlds, which were Sort of like science fiction, sort of like what people had thought could be possible, but never really implemented in like a mainstream way. 
now people are starting to say that that could potentially become like a mainstream technology. So that's kind of like the backdrop for Gazecoin, right? Yeah, I mean, it is. And I think one of the, there's a few problems that need to be solved to get VR and AR over the line, right? So and that was pretty much what, what I set out to do with Gazecoin. So it's great having this vision to you know, have this epic dream channel VR world, but that wasn't going to be possible unless a couple of things could be solved. So one of those things was, was, was actually having a, having an actual seamless currency, which I think, which is what Gazecoin is now. So I, I guess the problem we're trying to solve there is that, is that within, within VR, there was no real, there wasn't any, a new payment, payment mechanism that, that had come with it. It was, it had still inherited all the old school payment, payment systems from, from the normal 2D web. So I figured that wasn't going to work. So, so the first, uh, the two main problems I'll just outline right now, but the first one was just overcoming that. So, so Gazecoin, what, what that does is that it actually, allows transactions to happen literally by by looking at things so you know you look at a video then you actually a transaction happens for that for that that engagement and you can literally float from experience to experience and world to world without having to kind of take your goggles off get a credit card out and then log into the next one which is kind of how vr was about about a year ago so that was the first problem right we've been trying to solve the second problem which is probably bigger really is Problem with eyeballs is that you, know, you actually, up until recently, you've needed a, a pair of VR goggles to have any kind of access at all. So this is another part of what we've been trying to solve with GazeCon as well, and that we've not just developed a, a currency that allows people to engage seamlessly just through just by looking, but we've also actually built a platform that allows any VR world content, etc., to actually distribute them, itself without the need for VR, VR goggles. So. It's called web. It's called WebGL. It would be the kind of technical term for it, but it allows you to actually literally cruise about in VR worlds, almost like a PC game, and move around literally by by just the mouse, and uh, and then experience a you know a whole VR world, almost like you're playing a PC game without goggles. And then if you need to jump in at any point, you can just plug in and then you go. So that, that way, we're getting around all the barriers of of entry and actually making it a mainstream mainstream proposition. So that were the two main things we've been trying to solve with Gazecoin to, to, to you know, achieve what you just talked about. Mm-hmm. And you guys have uh, a patent pending technology, is that correct? Yes. Yeah, so just it's funny, funny enough, sometimes the, the simplest and uh, most obvious things are, are kind of the best. Um, but we, we patented the idea of actually eye tracking, triggering content, and then triggering a blockchain transaction based on that on that trigger. So that's pending. And when I say it's a simple idea, it really is because the word gaze, G-A-Z-E in gaze coin comes from this thing called gaze control. Gaze control is actually the mechanic that drives VR across the board. That's how all VR worlds are built. They're built with this, with this, with this technology or, or, or functionality that allows you to, when you go into a VR world, nothing happens until you look at it. This is called gaze control. So what happens is if you're walking through a, I always use the example of walking through the Jurassic world. If you're walking through a Jurassic world and there's the sound of a dinosaur coming behind you, the dinosaur doesn't actually come until you turn look and look at it. This is called gaze control. So gaze coin logically is it makes a transaction based on that trigger. So, so yeah, that's the kind of the nuts and bolts of the tech and, and the patent. So there have been a number of interesting technological developments that have that has come along, so blockchain and then developments in VR, all of which 
together can support this type of user interface and interactive experience for the user. So you guys have developed a couple different applications or ecosystems that the GazeCoin runs on. So you guys have DreamCoin, HexCoin, Hologram, and FXX. So there's DreamCoin. And so DreamCoin is a film and series about futuristic esports game games run by cryptocurrency gangsters played in a metaverse called the Dream Channel. Dream Frames is a companion crypto collectible game that funds films by allowing investors and fans to buy and trade unique frames in a film. So you have these applications that are set on top of GazeCoin. So can you tell us a little bit about these different applications? So you have the the DreamCoin, maybe tell us a little about that and some of the other ones. Yeah, sure. So yeah, the GazeCoin model was always built on on the fact that there, there would be multiple worlds inside this this ecosystem. Now, the ecosystem I'm talking about here is is not GazeCoin's ecosystem. It's it's the it's the ecosystem called the metaverse, right? So the metaverse is the connected VR and AR space. Essentially, it's the immersive internet, immersive web. So, so inside that immersive web, there's always going to be lots of worlds and lots of lots of things going on. So so anything that's the vision I had was that was that anybody that wants to monetize their world using the GazeCoin technology um, could take a world template from us and use that, and then could obviously use the GazeCoin analytics system to to drive transactions. Now we weren't going to tell people they had to call it GazeCoin. Right? Any game, every game, and every world, they kind of want their own currency. They kind of want their own their own brand. You know, they don't need GazeCoin just in the back powering things. So you know, people don't even need, need to even know it exists. So, if you, so DreamCoin is a good example of that. Dream Channel is a big ga- game in its own right, um, which has a lot of elements to it. And, uh, and it's sort of like a, in our white paper, our GazeCoin white paper, there's a big outline of that game. And the idea of, of Dream Channel was to create this, this sort of, I guess, proof that, that, like, going back to my original masters, it's the proof concept for the entire, for the entire ecosystem, sort of a, a world that could, was using GazeCoin in every possible way so people could look at it and say, wow, that's amazing. I want to build my game world and I can, and I'll do it in this way. So that's what, that's what dream, that's where dream channel started. But there's other worlds as well. Like Hexcoin is a, is a great example of a, of a, um, what we call a creator token. And, uh, there's a super, superstar DJ we're working with. His name's Don Diablo. He's kind of ranked in the top 10 usually of, of the DJ magazine, top 100. He's got over 3 million fans. And, and he's a futurist, uh, and he's also very aware that the future of, of uh, his audience engagement with his content is, is going to go way beyond YouTube, way beyond Facebook. And, and, and so what he, he saw our, our model, Dream Channel model, he said, I want one of those. And he, he basically, he's got this, this world called Hexagonia. Hexagonia has Hexcoin, and inside Hexagonia, there's a whole story unfolding, you know, which is all based around the story of Don Diablo, not, not his real life story, his fantasy story, uh, which is basically what the kids, he has a huge 15 to 18 year old audience and they engage with that story and, and through his music and all other ways. So there's a good example of how, how a DJ or a globally relevant artist could use the, the GazeCoin model to create a world that works for him and, and essentially a whole new media channel that doesn't exist and a whole new way of making money. Um, and rewarding audiences. So that's a really good example of that. And then we have a very interesting world called FXX, Fantasy. Fantasy is actually a, a city based on Amsterdam. So Amsterdam, 
obviously with me, it's been to Amsterdam. Amsterdam has a lot of fun things going on, but it also has a red light district in it. And so fantasy is a, is a story world, sort of like Dream Channel, a bit different to Hexagonia, but just it's, it's another world with another story. And the story basically is all about this world where, where, you, where your alter ego can actually go on and actually uh, embrace itself and in, in adult content. So it's, a, it's an adult VR adult content play, but it's very different in that it's not, it's not just like your typical VR adult sites. It's a whole world that you can move around in and walk around in. And you, you literally go to Amsterdam. You walk around the red light district just the way many of us have done when we've been to Amsterdam. And as you walk around and journey and, and, and go down in little alleyways and things, you come across characters and adult stars living in, in windows. And, you, you, and if you decide to step inside, you literally, it's a pretty interesting thing that what happens next is you actually embody the, uh, the person inside the window. So it's just VR's, this, this concept, even though it's an adult concept and it, it's something kind of quite risque, it really pushes the envelope as to what VR can actually do. You can actually put yourself inside someone else's shoes and, and have an experience that, that is so completely out of this world. So that's what FXXX aims to do. It really changed the, changed the uh, game in terms of what VR can actually offer people and make it, deliver it in a way that's, that's way not, not like a typical adult play. It's, a, it's, a, it's almost like an experiment, a place to go and experiment with your own, your own fantasies and, and jump in and out of them and see what you like. Yeah. So it's a very interesting play. So is the team that's working on FXX the same team that's working on Gazecoin or, or is it a separate team? Yeah, so it's, a, it's the same tech team in the, in the background, so it's the same platform. In terms of the, and then in terms of the team that's putting the, con, the, the actual content deals together, that's us as well at the moment. So, but, but in terms of the actual fantasy team that will actually end up executing on the, on the, on the, on the actual world over the, over the coming years, uh, we're putting together a very interesting team, which is made up of of personalities, fashion fashion stars, adult stars, brand, brands, people like that. So that's all coming together now. In some ways, you have to kind of create the vision to allow people to buy into it. Sometimes, you know, rather than sort of walking around and saying, "Hey, I want to have this great idea for this this futuristic adult VR world," and getting people to engage with it, we have to kind of build it. So, look, there it is. This is what it is and have people go, Oh, that's what you mean. Cause it's so leading edge in terms of what we are achieving with this futuristic immersive Amsterdam world. No one's seen it before. No one's ever really had a VR experience quite like it. So, so we have to kind of build it. And then, and, and now we're in the process of bringing on board all the various partners that will turn it into, into what it can be. And it's not, it's more of an aggregation place. It's not competitive in any way with any other. The uh, adult plays out there. There's storefronts, virtual nightclubs, discotheques, bars, all kinds of virtual real estate inside this virtual Amsterdam world that, that any brand or personality or individual can move into or they can either buy it or rent these properties inside this world. So it's a very decentralized, open, open universe, if you like, for, that anyone can engage with. So it brings, it brings people together in a whole, whole new way. So when a user is in the world, and they're in the red light district in Amsterdam. There are there's virtual real estate that people can buy, and then they can monetize that through, uh, according to the white paper, they can monetize the land in the red light district and have their own storefronts. And part of that monetization is where the gaze coin component comes in. Correct. 
So GazeCoin can calculate various metrics on what a user uh, spends time on in this virtual world. So, for example, there are a number of ways to like monetize this. So you can monetize it through charging advertisers to display ads in these virtual worlds and in these virtual landscapes that users are visiting. And then the advertisers pay the content owners who own this real estate in this virtual world. And then some of the metrics include the fixation, number of fixations, which can you describe like what you mean by like the, some of these metrics is like uh, dwell time, number percent of time in an area, number of fixations. There's even uh, a, a thing in there for um, an element in there for sorry, metric in there for pupil dilation, which is interesting. So that, that depends on depends on what headset you're wearing. But yeah, we've developed a gaze, what we call the gaze analytics system, which basically measures how people interact inside any gaze driven world. Now it's up to each individual world to to work out what which metric whether they use all of that or some of that, it's whatever works for, for the business model that, that's taking place in that, in that particular world. The most important um, metric in this particular world in, in, in fantasy is actually based, it's quite simple. It's really just based on, 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 on what we call dwell time. So, so the idea of being a fixation is each thing you go and, and visit, right? So, and there are, there are rewards for things like repeat fixations and things like that. So without getting too technical. So, so what happens is that if a world, the world of, of fantasy has this coin called FXX coin, right? So that's the coin that people earn or even have to buy to do VIP things inside the world. So the reward system inside the world is triggered by a number of different things. So, so the world itself will reward the actual content provider for things like repeat fixation. So people come back to something again and again and again, that content itself earns rewards or the content provider earns extra rewards which they can give out. So that's a sort of an example of how it's you know, just one example of the many facets of the analytic system. But the main thing, the main business model inside fantasy is based around quite simple really. It's basically that I, 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 move, I walk down the street and I'm walking along and I turn to my right and I see I see a fantasy standing in a window and I think, well, that looks pretty interesting. I gaze at it for long enough for this to say, to know that I'm interested. Suddenly I dissolve into the room and I'm suddenly embodying one of the characters inside the scene. So that's kind of how, how you jump in and out. Now, and then what happens is once I'm engaged, there's, a, there's, an, there's an actual um, earnings system where I, I earn fantasy for the, amount, for the amount of time that I'm engaged up to a certain point. So I'm actually earning coins. Like, that's like watching a trailer kind of thing. So, so while I'm experiencing the trailer part of it, I'm earning coins up to a certain point. But then if I decide, and then it finishes, then if I decide if I want to, you know, I did like that, didn't like that, but did like it and I want to go back for more, I can use those rewards to actually access the premium content, which is basically just like how anything works. Now you're jumping into the VIP area and you either have enough tokens to jump through to that area or you don't. And, and the idea is that then if you, what you don't have, you can buy. So there's a premium, it's a freemium model. So that's the kind of the really basic way that the mechanic works. And why, why it's a good thing is that I can just, Jump into one star's apartment and, 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 oh, I did like that, didn't like that. Jump back out, keep walking along, walk down, turn a corner, jump into something else, jump in, jump out. I'm jumping in and jumping out and I have this seamless experience where I'm just going all, where, anywhere I want. I don't have to think about anything other than, other than what I like doing. I'm earning rewards all the time. And for anything that's actually, that's really, really special, you know, I can buy extra to do those things. So 
So it's a, it, it just doesn't, there's no, there's no barrier to, to the experience. And then what's, what's even, even more amazing is that I could jump into Adult Star A's apartment. If I'm inside there and I think that's pretty cool. They can, we have these things called wormholes that connect apartments with other worlds. So, so that star or that brand even could actually say, well, what we're really trying to do is lure people through to our world, which is connected and they can have this wormhole on the, on the wall. That's kind of like a similar business model then kicks into to the, to the way the internet currently works with, with, with people driving traffic from certain sites to, you know, from rated sites to, to actual specific sites, similar kind of thing. So if, if adult star A has a wormhole connecting to wherever it is and I jump into that wormhole, fly through the wormhole, land in this new world, if I spend any money there, there's a, there's a kickback to, to the referral. So there's a, what we're really doing here is we're not really reinventing the wheel as far as where the web works. We're just making it seamless in VR, where it, which it currently isn't. So yeah, this, we really think that the, the model we have in, in, in fantasy is, is, is going to work because it's not, it, it's just based on the way things already work. It just, just makes it really easy for people. So, so yeah, that's essentially. Yeah, I could go into a lot of depth, but that's that's the base, basic kind of way um, the analytics and analytic system works. Great. So the, the so F triple X is having a land rush. So the land rush is basically an event where there's opportunity for users to purchase this real estate. So this is sort of like some of these other virtual land platforms. Uh, have like land offerings, like the one that comes to mind is like Decentraland. Is how is how is, is it similar to that or different? Or could you compare and contrast uh, the differences between? Yeah, sure. There's a few differences. The main difference would be that this is a fully functional red light city from day one. You don't have to build anything. It really is a matter. Of, it's literally like buying something, not even buying it off the plan. You're you're actually walking down you can in about a couple of weeks time you'll be able to go to the city the, the whole city walk around look at the, the things you want to buy possibly look at the property like literally right there at eye level go well i'll take that and, and and bid on it so one of the main benefits i guess of of the of the fantasy world's function existing functionality is that as soon as you buy a property uh if you win the bidding so, so the way so the way that the, the, the decentralized worked is that is that you bought mana tokens and then you, once the sale had finished, you then use those tokens to, to bid on land. Fantasy is different. It works a little bit like crypto kitties in that you use Ethereum to bid on. So it's literally a world that you, you bid to buy property. You don't, you don't need fantasy coins to do that. Fantasy coins come later. Um, they're the currency of the world once the world starts, starts trading. So, so you basically bid on property using Ethereum. And at the end of the actual auction period, the person with the highest bid wins, wins the property. Now, what happens then, which is, which is, I guess, another advantage about, we hope is a real advantage about having a, an existing world, is that as soon as you actually own the property, you get this thing called an ERC721 rent token, which we've been developing. And that allows you to flip that to anyone that wants to rent your property. So there are most people who, who buy you land in these sort of adult worlds aren't exactly adult stars, so they can't really do much with the land that's going to really make money. So the idea is that an adult star could move in or a brand could move in, and they move in for nothing. They just move in, and then what happens is that you flip them the rent token, and then you take a rev share of, uh, of anything, any fantasy coin earnings that take place inside the, inside the world. You also get, get an allocation of fantasy coins from our user growth pool, which can be allocated to the property 
which you can use to actually you know, give rewards to people for, for, for coming in. So you're kind of ready to go from, from the get-go. You can start making money from day one. It's not this, isn't it? There's no kind of two-year development period that's going to happen where you have to try and build something that's going to work. So that's a real advantage. So we think that we could really, even though we're, we're different to Decentraland, I think we'd love to work with them. So uh, I think I was I'm not sure if you read it in the white paper, but, but we actually have a, a you know, what we call a BTT, the BTTS, which is a, an ex, an actual system that we've, an exchange system that we've built. It's named after our, our CTO, Boki, it's Boki Poobar, his name is. So it's Boki's token teleportation system, it's called. It actually allows people to actually connect their land with other worlds and, and actually have through a wormhole, send people through a wormhole to another world land there, and then in the process, tokens that you need for, for that world are exchanged for the tokens you need in the world you came from. So it's a whole, we've developed a whole process not only to make money, but also to make money by sending people somewhere else. So that allows us to work with other places like Decentraland. So why not have an apartment in Fantasy and another one in Decentraland and you can and send people between the two? So, yeah, so I guess in terms of talking about competitors, I really don't feel that, that there are any competitors for us. I think we want to work with everyone. We have a system that allows us to all work together inside the metaverse is too big a space to be building walls and stopping people from, from jumping from one place to the other. You've got to create, it's almost like saying a website is competing with another website that's in the same genre space. You know, they make a lot more money if they share traffic. So, so that's kind of how we, we, we're approaching it. We really, we're really excited to share traffic with other, other worlds. And actually, if we don't start doing that, then the metaverse won't expand the way, the way it should. And that's kind of how we've been approaching gaze, our GazeCoin tech mantra is that we, we want to solve the problems of the metaverse, make connectivity the number one thing that everyone can do se- seamlessly and have transactions happen without the need to think about it. So, so that's kind of how, that's how we were, we're approaching things. So the, the land sale is taking place on September 16th. So that's in around three weeks, four weeks from now, from the time of this recording. Yeah. I mean, that's, and it's, when I say it takes place, what that means is that you can go in and start looking at the, at the virtual world and walk around it and start seeing what you want, might want to buy. So we have actually put a date on when the, when the auction takes place. Um, we're going to let people go in and look at, look at it and opt in to want to be part of it first, build the, build the audience build the community around the space first before we start saying, hey, this is the date, you know. I think we need to just really kind of like work with work, listen to the community, work work with them on what what feels like the right time to do to do the auction. So so we haven't put dates on that yet. So so right now it's open for viewing on September 16th. Mm-hmm. So currently you can put your name on a whitelist to register for the sale or is that, not, is that opening? Yeah, that's open now as well. So if you go to... Uh, there's fxxx.io forward slash land dash rush. If you go there, you'll see trailers, you know, explaining how the whole thing works and you can, you can register to, to get on the whitelist. And what that does is it gives you a 30%. If you get on now before September 16, it gives you a 30% bonus um, for any property that you might want to buy. And there's also really great that to get that maximum bonus, you, you get it by purchasing the property with bidding on the property using using Gazecoin. So there are all kinds of perks for Gazecoin holders to use Gazecoin in, 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 in the process, of course, because, you know, we're trying to build that ecosystem. So 
So, uh, you know, why not, why not give the, give Gazecoin holders, you know, the, the advantages and drive people to want to start buying and using Gazecoin. And so the, the land model is something, it's finite and expandable. So how do you prevent like a lot of mark property coming onto the market? And then uh, is it released over time? And what are the, so you have just different unique parcels of, uh, you know, the universe and the city available for bidding and auction. And then do they all come on at the same time or is it like scaled over time and are there like minimums in place and what is it the what does it start at? Yeah, sure. So the starting point is I mean, we're literally mirroring the real red light district that exists, right? So basically so we're really trying to be as literal as we can be. While at the same time, this is an augmented world, right? So it is set in the future. It is actually set on Mars. That's where the, that's where the whole city is located. So, you know, it is pretty out there as far as a, a concept's concerned. But, but yeah, the, the, if you go to the real Amsterdam, where the real red light district is, is kind of the starting point for us. So, so there's a, there's a hub sector, which is basically a hub zone, which has all the different fantasy is, is broken into 18 different themed sectors, right? So there's 18 fantasy zones, right? And those fantasy zones range from things like DJs to, to like, you know, rock stars and things like that, right? There's, it's a pretty, it's pretty going out there as far as like what, what people might want to window shop for. And it's, it's definitely not a thing just for guys. It's like, it's, it's a thing for probably more skewed towards women than it is towards guys. So, which is, which is a whole interesting thing in its own right. I, should, I can come back and expand on that, but yeah. So yeah, so basically you have these different sectors inside this main little hub area in the, in the original red light district, the first place that you can bid on. And they're basically red light windows and we haven't put a reserve price on those yet, but it's going to be somewhere around 500 US dollars. That's going to be the starting point. So, so that's just to, just to give you a, around one, just over maybe one Ethereum, something like that. Um, so we're just trying to get the price exactly right. And, uh, but basically that's, that's the starting point. And then. The second, that's phase one. And then phase two, we have these other kind of zones, which are kind of more the, the sort of, there's a, there's a zone around a place called Vondel Park, which is, I don't know if you've been to Amsterdam, but there's a really beautiful area called Vondel Park, which is basically where a lot of, you know, luxurious homes are, are located. So that's kind of more your, your kind of like zone for rock stars and people like that to move into. There's also another zone, which is kind of an, along the, one of the main canals, which is another kind of like, you know, more of a, an area for sort of more wealthy sort of, um, you know, loft apartments and things like that. So that's another, that, so those are other, other zones will open up once the main red light area is, is, is sold out. So, so yeah, Nick, that you'll, you'll probably find that the brands and people like that would be more likely to take those, those outer areas or hip hop stars. There's actually, there's actually a hip hop zone out around Bondal Park by the, by a lake out there. So we've actually been chatting to quite a few people from the hip hop industry who like, who've already taken an interest in grabbing, grabbing those kind of more, elaborate like properties so so it's going to be quite an interesting ecosystem but the starting point is to is to sell is to get bids on the on the um on the kind of main hub area which is based on the original red light district in Amsterdam. yeah so tell me a little bit about the uh, you guys were recently at a trade show how did that go where was that sure there's a there's a traveling trade show that goes around the world it's called sexpo which is a really interesting kind of concept it's like a trade show and it's all about you know adult concepts and Sex toys, all that kind of stuff. It's actually pretty interesting when you go along. It's, it's really fun. It's actually full of like couples and, you know, it's not like anything. It's not sleazy at all. It's actually really, really interesting. And a lot of people, a lot of people go to find out about just 
high fantasy things that are on offer right now. I think it's become very mainstream. Anyway, we exhibited at that. We figured it'd be quite an interesting place to kind of show what fantasy was. So we had this, we had this exhibit, which was basically built out like at a booth, but it was built out with two sort of doors, one on either end, which were kind of like, it was kind of like walking into a red light window in Amsterdam. It kind of had this kind of vibe. So it felt a bit futuristic and a bit kind of like this fluorescent kind of like place you walked into, a bit futuristic. And then the idea was we had, we had all these like, you, you sit down in this kind of pod and then you, and then you put the VR goggles on and then immerse yourself in the fantasy world of, of Amsterdam. And the idea was that then you, you'd sort of move around. Each person that sat down could then choose. They'd look at different fantasies and go, well, well, well let me try that. And then literally, most people didn't know what they were in for because most people hadn't done a VR adult experience before. Now, what was really interesting, so the one takeaway from this, this experience was that I'd say that 70% of the people that signed up to be part of, to, to want to receive emails and be on our mailing list, 70, maybe even 80% of the people that signed up were girls, uh, women. It was interesting. They were the ones that would, like a girl would come in, try it out and run off and come back with all the friends. Go, you've got to try this out. And they were big groups of girls really interested in just delving into this whole psychology of like delving into fantasies and really experiencing them and, and, and even things like, you know, a lot of, had a lot of girls turning up saying, I want to be a guy. Can I be a guy? And this sort of stuff was going on. And, and I found that really intriguing that, the, that just how experimental and how, how much it felt like it, it was a more of a female thing than a male thing. Whereas the guys were a bit more kind of, you know, Hey man, you know, like when I went to put the goggles on their heads, they'd be like, don't put me into anything too crazy, man. You know, stuff like that. They're a bit more conservative with their approach to it. Because I found the girls really, really flocked to it and found it a very refreshing, you know, insight into relationships and, and fantasy. And, and it seemed a lot more, the depth of, of, of what this was, was, was resonated with a much broader market than what, what we expected. So, so yeah, we've got a, on our whitelist right now, it's, there's a lot more women on there than guys, which is quite amazing. So that's kind of surprising and also in a way expected that. Maybe there would be some VR sites. I wonder if that, like statistics, there are any evidence that shows that partnering with, if you guys partnered with some websites, like, do you have any plans to partner with like performers and, and how would you, how do you plan to like fill out this real estate that you guys have with, with, with an audience, I guess, performance so that there's people to come in and visit and, and have people there? Yeah, sure. I mean, we're, like right now, we're, we're we're talking with all the all the usual suspects in the adult industry. So, so we're talking like with major brands. We're talking like from Europe to the US. We're also talking with a lot of stars. But we're really kind of looking to form a, a base, a sort of a, a core of like initial kind of content that's actually quite edgy and and very forward thinking. Like we're talking to I can't really say the names, but we're talking to quite a few people in the US who are quite, you know, forward forward thinking in terms of fashion and, and how fashion and sex kind of like, you know, emerges. Um, so we're, we're talking to people like that. So we're trying to make it a quite a cutting edge place for people to kind of visit that has, you know, has has all the sort of usual, the brands that you would expect to see there, but it also has like stars and performing sort of and, and having their own kind of like apartments, nightclubs, whatever it would have what have you in there. Now, what's interesting as well with that, just the way we've been approaching people is, is that VR is a really interesting way for, for, for adult stars to get a passive income because up until, if you think about how webcams work, things like that, right? Like 
you got to work that. You know, you you got to be online all the time, and, and the amount of time you spend working is equals the amount of money they make, right? Whereas in VR, they only need to. You know, an adult star only needs to do one scene, and it, and it can be, it can work for you again and again and again, almost like it's live for for months. Like it's an actual the actual economics of of how adult stars can make returns from VR is way beyond any, anything that you've ever seen before because webcams, they can work that up and you know, the amount of time you spend on webcams, you, you make more money. Normal adult content is, is normally owned by brands and, and that's your pay-per-view or, or you pay a, a subscription to access that. The stars themselves don't earn anything more. They get paid for the scenes they do once. That's it. They never earn any more unless they go to webcams and things. Then they can earn from their own work. So this is a whole new way that they can actually create content themselves and actually it feels like it's live and they only have to do it once and it can be reused again and again. So I think we're going to see a very interesting business model is starting to happen once people understand what I'm saying. This idea of a passive income is something that I think could really work. So that's part of how our pitch to, to get yeah. the right content in there. To get the content creators because... That's right. It, it wouldn't. There wouldn't be like an exclusive agreement where they could only work with your website, and they could. There's any number of website that performers could work with, and to attract them to your website, you could give them this offer that you know. There's a. I wonder if there's a way to like identify the viewer through the gaze coin metric interface, whether a viewer has seen any given show before, or any given performance by one of the artists, and then. You know, if if it's already been viewed, then I guess like a different one would would a different performance would be displayed so that it doesn't always show the same one. Yeah, sure, um, sure. So it could distinguish between like a guest or a visitor of the city. So yeah, so is it like set up where a guest of the city clicks and then, or do they? How do they move move about through the city? Yeah, no. It's, what what I'll do is I'll actually put a video. We did a video yesterday, actually which was exact answering that very question of how you actually do move about. And it's, again, it's, it's one of those things where until you see it, you don't, it's hard to imagine how it works, but literally imagine you are actually standing on a street corner in Amsterdam, wherever you look, you start moving that way. That's how it works. You're not in like a, there's no situation where you're ever looking and clicking or so whether you're in a stagnant, you're actually immersed inside a world. And you look left because you hear some sounds coming left, and you actually start to move left, right? And then as you move down the down the, the, the down the kind of street, then all of a sudden you hear some some sounds on your on your on your right. You turn right, and then you stop because you've turned like at ninety degrees, right? Your head, okay. And then all of a sudden you look at something directly in front of you. You look at that for long enough, it triggers, and then it sucks you in, and all of a sudden you're inside an apartment. So you literally you are moving around a world. You know, wherever you look, you go, and you, you don't have to click on anything. There's no need to to, to have hand controllers and that kind of stuff. Um, you, you you basically move about seamlessly from place to place, experience to experience, jumping in and out of whatever you you want to experience. And it's totally that's that's where the business model starts to kick in because when people feel that they can have a free reign to move about, they, and it's all microtransactions, they start forgetting about it. Doesn't matter. Oh, what does that cost? What does that cost? They just do the things that are fun and they're earning reward spending, earning reward spending. It's a recipe to create a very, very vibrant micro transaction ecosystem because people, people don't have to think anymore. They just get, get it. They get take, it lets you 
it lets the immersive nature of the experience take hold and you just go to a different place. So it's, it's, yeah, it sounds kind of weird how we're talking about it, but that's how it works. But I'll, but I'll upload a video tomorrow even, or even later today. We shot it yesterday, which has got me walking around doing exactly what I just told you, inside the world. Nice. Yeah, we'll link to it in the description of the when we post this up online. So maybe just before we finish up, we can talk a little bit about where you guys are in terms of the next couple of weeks and how you spend your your day to day in terms of your roles and uh, and your specific work that you're doing and what the rest of your team is doing and some of the the challenges and things that are coming up. Yeah, right now what we're really busy taking a VR world that we've originally built, which was purposed just for VR and actually repurposing it for WebGL, meaning we're taking an immersive VR experience that was only ever built that way, which is the way that all VR things are normally built in Unity, and we're actually just having to re-output that onto a website so that basically people can have the same experience using a mouse and then jump into it whenever they feel like jumping into it by plugging their headset into their PC. It's a different kind of way of accessing it. So we're very focused on that right now and, and very focused on, on you know, it's a whole new kind of, you know, set of, uh, of, of IT parameters because because all of a sudden you, you can't just rely on, on Vive or on, on Oculus Rift to, to basically, you know, power the experience. It's now on the web. So you're dealing with servers and load times and, and you're dealing with like a, you know, it's a, just a different you know, set of criteria, whereas that was one, one advantage that going through an actual platform has, like PlayStation, whatever it might be, the console powers the, the, the experience and then and it's all, you don't have to worry about latency and things like that. So so we're very, very, very focused on that right now and how to deliver this this sort of experience that loads as you move about, things like that, right, so that people can have an experience without using the VR headset to first access it. So that's that's the platform. So we're starting to play it. Now, you'll start seeing that when you, when the, when the land sale opens for viewing, you'll start, you'll be able to actually walk about in that fashion that I've actually created a video, another video actually, <laughs> a couple of days ago, which is shows how that stuff, that's, that shows me actually moving about with my mouse. Um, so it's, we've already got the beginnings of that. So that's, the, and then the second part to this is it's not just the experience of moving about. It's also then as you do things, you're earning coins, right? So the met, the actual gaze analytic system triggering coins while you're moving around, that has that those two things working in tandem are kind of our main technical challenge at the moment to get that right. And it's just it's not even it's a thing we've already cracked. It's just it's just scaling. How do we make it scale? So um so basically that's that's the kind of main platform challenge. But then and that also couples with a there's a GazeCoin wallet, which basically stores. So you, you use you use your phone and the GazeCoin wallet to trigger the fantasy world, right? So you don't have any logins and things like that. So literally, kind of like scanning a QR code. Like you know, I don't know if you've used WhatsApp on your on your computer, but it's similar to that, right? So you, you, the WhatsApp just knows who you are from the phone. So you basically trigger that, go in, and then cruise about, and then the tokens that you earn then are then funneled back to your wallet because you're the one that you're the one that triggered the. Uh, the experience. So that's the system. So we're just basically literally all day, every day testing, expanding that and, uh, and getting that ready. At the same time, we're getting this, we've been, we've launched the bounty campaign, which is essentially, you know, letting the community take charge of, of the marketing and promotion of, 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 of the world and rewarding them in fantasy coins. So 
so fueling the bounty campaign and, and, and focused on the platform. They're our two daily struggle or the daily what we're focused on, on every every morning when we, when we meet. Yeah. yeah, and we'll have a link down in the description for where users who want to earn some tokens can go and part by participating in the, the bounty campaign. There's a number of yeah, lots of great videos yeah, to content share, content creation yeah. bounties and things to share. Um, so you guys are working out of a an office, or are you guys all distributed in different cities? No, we're we're all we're all spaced in in uh, uh, we all work out of a virtual reality studio in Sydney, Australia. So we're based, and uh, and we we have this VR studio where where we can shoot content and create, you know the vision and the world inside this 360-degree green screen, which we have there. So that's allowed us to perfect the art of making VR content that we need and then and testing it. And then we have the, the techies are there as well. So we've got a blockchain and VR all happening in the one space. So so it's all – some of the programmers like to work from, you know, from a fintech hub down the road um, but so they can kind of stay together and network. But but on the whole, we're, we're, we're not too far away from each other in, this, in the same city right now. So Exciting. Good. That's great. So I'm sure you guys are looking forward to the upcoming release and um, you know, I hope that goes well and we'll look, we're excited to hear and check back and track your progress and see how things go. So we'd love to have you back on again when you launch the uh, the walkthrough period and then the, the auction period. Yep. All right. So today is my guest on the show was Johnny Peters from founder and CEO of GazeCoin and FXX. So, Johnny, it was nice speaking to you. Thanks for coming on the show, and we look forward to having you on again. No problem. Thanks so much for that. Really, really enjoyed uh, giving you the rundown and look forward to uh, everyone engaging in something very new and special. Great. Thanks. Bye. Cheers. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Bounty Zero X podcast. Please remember to subscribe to our podcast below. Check out BountyZeroX.io, the number one bounty hunting platform where you can complete work and earn cryptocurrency. Please consult your professional financial investment and tax advisors before making any investment in initial coin offerings. Bounty Zero X does not provide investment or financial advice and does not endorse or recommend investment in any ICOs advertised on the Bounty Zero X podcast or website.